What is good, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 41 of the Art Meets Culture podcast. I am your host, Ade Sunusi, aka Sunusi the First, aka ADE Art Dealer Entrepreneur. Guys, it's been an eventful week, an impactful week. We have just dropped another episode of the Artist Watch on our IGTV. Be sure to go there now. It's an IGTV exclusive. It features, you know, John Room, aka J Does Art, an amazing artist, um, a talented young man, you know, someone who I feel as though he's got amazing ideas within his work. And I'm excited to see how that develops over the years. So be sure to definitely check him out. Check that episode out, you know, give your feedback, show some love. We, we do have another episode next week. So again you know subscribe to us follow us you know it's going to be an amazing thing that you're going to see every single week an exclusive igtv show on our channel on our ig itself (laughs) so what else do we need to dive into the art review so we're going to be doing the art review live as we officially said on our instagram um this week we said it monday actually yeah we said it monday and so yeah tag us in your artwork tag us in your um latest posts um, that you do with your art um put us in your stories also dm us as well your work as well so um yeah it's going to be an exciting thing for me um you know i'm stepping away from the production-based stuff um in terms of oh next up this next up that i want to talk raw you know flick through art pieces give you a lot of my organic reaction so it's going to be fun so i cannot wait um but yeah be sure to follow us on all socials instagram um, art meets culture twitter a meets culture facebook art meets culture youtube art meets culture you know the vibes all round yes and if you are listening to this podcast now whatever you know streaming provider you're listening to if you're on soundcloud be sure to follow us if you're on itunes be sure to subscribe to us if you're on spotify be sure to follow us so yeah listen I'm about to intro an amazing artist. Yes, I call him an artist. You know, some people will know him as just a photographer, but this guy is an artist in terms of what he's done in the industry. We're talking Heady One. We're talking Drake. We're talking Rihanna. We're talking YG. We're talking Stormzy. He's got iconic images with all of them, even Skepta. Listen, I'm, I'm just, I'm reading off the names because I'm just looking at his IG now and I'm thinking this guy's work is crazy. Like he's got so much that he's done. And it's it's exciting. It was exciting rather to hear his story. You know, when I was you know having a conversation with him that you're gonna hear now, just hearing the story, hearing his journey, and it's like, wow, this guy's amazing. You know, super humble but hungry at the same time. You know, it's it's great to have that balance. Um, you know, nation of billions and complex. You know, put him on the on the thirty under thirty, and like, wow, like he's done a lot for someone you know under thirty and stuff like that. So yeah, man, it's. It's going to be a great listen for you all, you know what I mean? So I'm introducing Ashley Verse onto the podcast. It's a fire episode. He's a fire guy. And we also talk about, you know, his project that he's doing with Samsung. And you're going to find all those details um, in the description um, of this podcast. So if you're listening on SoundCloud, if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, you will see that and you get to click the link and find out more about this Samsung project. So it's definitely exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for you guys to hear it. Do you know what I mean? It was, it was an amazing, amazing conversation. You know what I mean? I met um, Ashley a few years ago at, um, when I was working at Complex. And, you know, it was for a Kyrie event. And I met him there and I was just like, bro, like, you're sick. You're sick at what you do. And now it's crazy, you know, um, full circle that, you know, a platform that I've built and like, he's on there. I didn't even know that I was going to do podcasts back then. But now I'm doing podcasts, you know, I'm, I'm interviewing icons, you know what I mean? So it's, it was great to have you, bro. Um, but yeah, we're going to get cracking into it. You know what I mean? So this guy, Ashley, he's definitely a man who puts his money where his art is. You know what I mean? And I say that, I say that at, at the end of every episode, purely because, you know, I love artists who invest in themselves. I love creators who invest in themselves. So yeah, he's a definitely a man who puts his money where his art is. And without further ado, let's go. Ashley Verse, what's good, bro? 
going on, man? Thank you for having me, first of all. No worries. Listen, it's uh, it's an absolute pleasure because I'm a fan of what you've been doing for for years. You know, I had the pleasure of meeting you years ago um, when I was working at Complex at the, it was the Kyrie Irving, I think it was, I can't remember which shoe he Wow, was. I recapped that a little while yeah. ago when he released the Kyrie 5. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah. I met him briefly there and I was like, oh, it's actually versus the first time I'm seeing and, you know, seeing you in action, you know, after seeing all the iconic shots that's been, you know, circulating around social media and, you know, the press in the world. So it's, it's a great pleasure. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate that. And I remember that day. That was actually a good yeah, day. Like so we can reconnect on, on something like this. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's beyond complex now. It's like our own, our own businesses. So it's, it's, it's good to see. Definitely. It's a lot of growth and a lot oh, of good, good times. Cool. Yeah. I mean, welcome, you know, to the Art Meets Culture podcast. You know, we interview a range of artists, um, mainly artists, but I know photography is an art form as well. So I was like, you know, I'm going to reach out to some photographers one day. You know, and lo and behold, you know, I mean, uh, we had the pleasure of interviewing you first as the first, for, well, yeah, one of the first photographers we've had on, on board. So it's, it's great to have you on. Um, but yeah, for those who don't know, um, tell the listeners who you are, you know, and, you know, where did you start? Um, I am, so I'm Ashley Verse. I'm a photographer. Um, I'm a freelance photographer. I um, mainly started out in music, just um, attending concerts and bringing my camera along with me. It was definitely a hobby, first and foremost. Um, and it's always been something that I've enjoyed doing and it's, a, it's been a passion of mine. And then in, um, evolved into, yeah, I feel like I can definitely say it's a career now. It's definitely evolved into a career and it's still very passion led, but it's working now as well. No, that's beautiful. Um, and I love how, you know, you, you talk about it being passion first because, um, you know, sometimes people can see these things. Oh, he's just, just taking pictures of celebrities. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it's that easy. Yeah, 100%. You know, there, there's some passion behind it. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you know, talk about, you know, the, the industries that you're in. Like, you know, how did you get into, like, let's say, let's talk about the music industry first. How did you get into that, you know, and excelling in your photography in that space? Um, I feel like all the industries were hard to get into because, um, there is no straightforward route with these types of industries, with music, with fashion, with things like that, um, with even with photography in general. Um, so everything was me. Everything with me was quite like an exploration. Um, I bought the camera initially, or, or, or got the camera initially, because I wanted to make music videos. That's the angle that I wanted to get in at. Um, and I was doing that. I was doing that. I was working with loads of um, local artists at the time. So I'm from Southwest, um, Mitcham, Southwest London. So mm-hmm. I was working with loads of different artists that were based in Southwest from like Croydon or Norbury or, you know, just different areas that, that neighboured mine. Um, and then when it kind of transitioned to me doing photography, it was as I basically got old enough to like not necessarily attend concerts but to attend like club nights yeah live pas of artists um and that made things a bit more uh accessible for me because you can't actually just go and bring your camera to a concert pay your ticket um but the smaller shows um and that was a good thing about smaller venues like things like um xoyo or Mm. birthdays uh things like that where where they were good performance venues but built for smaller crowds I was able to bring my camera into places like that and start taking photos of artists and um with the nature of our artists at the time like I get it was a lot more grime and stuff that I was shooting at the time Mm -hmm. and um artists were they weren't too far out of reach in a sense like you couldn't um I, I was able to message a few different artists and have the opportunity to send them the photos that are taken of them at the shows and things like that. And that is um, when it when the ball really started to roll. No, that, that's um, a, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, sorry to cut you. Yeah, that's that's literally amazing. And you know, it's it's funny that you say you know you have to do smaller venues first. It, it, it almost mirrors like a music artist. Oh, we got to do smaller venues first before we do the major venues. You know what I mean? So like building 100%. up your reputation within that. Do you know what I mean? Um, You know, I mean, I mean, experiencing, you know, the whole, you know, photography realm and, you know, doing it as a career. When was like that key moment where you knew, okay, cool, 
I'm actually a true photographer head, you know, I'm beyond just taking pictures of artists, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm here perfecting my skills every single time I'm here. Um, it was, it always felt like, it always felt quite progressive. I remember there was, it wasn't just me, but there was a few different photographers at the time. I'd say maybe that like, uh, Courtney Francis, Vicky yeah, um, Grout, Mamdou, mm -hmm. um, definitely more to name, um, Blau, but there was a few different um, that of us young photographers that were getting into concert photography at the time. Um, and it didn't, we didn't ha have much idea of what it looked like in terms of being a career or something that we could continuously do. We mm -hmm. knew that we enjoyed it and we saw uh, some older photographers that had maybe come from agencies like Rex or Getty to some shoot some shows mm -hmm. or the comp the pits were completely empty and it might be us. Yeah. Uh, and we didn't know how to bridge that gap where we made this into um into a career. So I'd say that that point the point started to come where you know artists started inviting me to shows and, and things like that of like my own accord, so instead of me having to buy a ticket and try and get in, you know, like artists would like, I put a pass at the box office for you, you can get, you know, a AAA or a photo pass and things like that. Um, but then even then, it's still not as tangible as it could be. I might not be getting paid, certain things like that. Um, I probably have to mark it down to when I decided to leave my job because um, my theory was that you know, I'm working nine to five to make uh, a certain level of income so that I'm comfortable and I can yeah. move on, do the things that I need to do. However, I'm not putting 100% of my time into what I want to do. Mm. So I'm not getting 100% of what I could be getting out of it. Yeah. Um, so I left working to take the opportunity to see what it would be like putting 100% of my time into what I want to do. So it wasn't necessarily ready to go yet. But... um. I wanted to explore that. And then I started getting opportunities. Um, like, it was literally a few months later, I started working with GQ and doing Fashion Week for them, covering men's and things like that. And I would say that's when it started to tick over for me, as in this is something that you can do long-term. If you can match your wage that you was getting, working nine to five, you don't have to do nine to five again. 1,000%. And I, I, I strongly believe that, you know, in terms of, you know, the career I do, you know, making sure that, if it's what you want to do, make sure you earn what you could have earned during a nine to five, do you know what I mean? Even double it for that matter, do you know what I mean? So it's powerful that you've done that. Um, you know, I mean, to piggyback off a few things that you said within that answer, um, you know, there was no rule book or blueprint for, you know, photographers like yourself. Do you, did you find that more freeing just to kind of just dive in just a little bit more without the, without a blueprint or plan? In a sense, yes. Um, I didn't really know how to... Um, I guess I was looking at it from a little bit in terms of a career sense and like, how do I make this a tangible career and something that I can continue doing? But then I also looked at what I was doing in terms of like the, the artists and stuff that I was shooting and their stories. Like, like I said, I was shooting a lot of, a lot of grandma artists and um, like anyone who is familiar with the genre knows like the struggles that they face to legitimize what they're doing and show that show to the record labels and to the music industry and I'm sure like a little bit to themselves that what they're doing is tangible um and it's obviously struck such a belief that you know the artists were selling out concerts partnering with people like Boiler Room and stuff like that and there was bookings for them all, all the time and it's what got me into what and shooting in the first place like that was what I wanted to come down and shoot so I thought if they've had that in their story and gone down this route then I'm just basically doing the same thing but in a different field yeah no that, that makes sense and that's awesome um even that was good I found that the artist that I was wanted to work with or wanted to shoot yeah gave me the inspiration to freelance powerful man and um you know you talk about you know doing free jobs um, you know, coming into any creative game, you know, a lot of people want to get paid from the jump. You know, I mean, uh, how do you weigh doing a free job versus a paid job? You know, I mean, to get you further into what your your career where it is now. I think there's a difficult conversation to be had around opportunity, um, and the the use of the word opportunity because I think it is up to yourself as the person selecting whether you're going to do it or not to decide whether it's an opportunity for you or not. 
Um, and a lot of people can pose and pitch stuff and say, you know, this is a great opportunity for you. This is such a good look and whatever else. But I think you have to decide that for yourself. What is a good look for you? And I think you, I think as a creative or in a person in, in the position of doing the free thing, you have to remember that that is there is still a transaction there. Mm-hmm. There's still a transaction that you're doing. It's not all of, like that kind of um, pose of this is such a great opportunity for you. It means that you should you should do it. You're going to benefit 100% and no one else is getting anything out of it. That's kind of how it sounds. Yeah. But the transaction is, yeah, even though I'm coming down to do something for free, somebody is getting something out of this that they would maybe like to use or maybe I'm an extra pair of hands on set for the day that's helping them. Mm-hmm. There is, there is a tra- some sort of level of transaction there. Um. So I think you have to always measure that and measure when you need to change it. Mm-hmm. Measure when you feel like, you know, all right, cool, maybe I need to get a little change for this, cover my expenses. Yeah. Okay, maybe I need to get paid for this to match. I'm giving up a day of working a nine to five. I just want to match the rate that I'd be getting so I can tell myself it's worth it. Yeah. Okay, now I want to get it in line with what the standard rate is or what I feel the standard rate is amongst whatever job it may be. Obviously, man's photography. Mm-hmm. Maybe I want to get, get a standard rate that I'm hearing people get for concerts. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to push it um, to a place where you feel comfortable as well. And I think um, for a while, you know, I think a lot of other people can put their prices and pressures on you. So someone might be like, oh, bro, you're not getting paid enough for that. You're not, you know, you're like, you're not getting the right amount and this is a bump and da 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 but what is comfortable for you? Yeah. What is comfortable for you? And I think you have to figure that out in terms of where you are at in life and where you are at in your career. So um, the best, I feel like the best time I, I used to measure that up was when I was getting into the game and I had just left working, um, unusual nine to five, and people maybe having the conversations with me about pricing and stuff. And I just said, I want to make the money that I make going to a nine to five. Mm. If I can make that as a day rate, just going to a concert or whatever it may be, whatever service, photography service might be providing, then I'm doing okay for myself because I could be at work earning yeah. the same money. Yeah. I'm earning the same money doing something that I enjoy. Exactly. And, you know, you're doing something powerful and purposeful. Do you know what I mean? And um, I definitely think, you know, creatives, artists, you know, should just find exactly what they want rather than just keep undervaluing themselves every step of the way. Do you know what I mean? And and literally weigh it out, um, you know, in terms of what they're giving to the brand and what that brand is giving to them. So that's definitely, you know, a solid answer. Um, Project wise, man, you've done some amazing projects, um, you know, been a, been about for some I- iconic imagery like what what are your favorite projects what's your fa- what was your favorite shots that you took as well Ooh, this is always a hard question for me <laughs> and i know there's loads <laughs> it, there is there's so many different moments for different reasons um damn favorite projects um working on chips project league of my own too mm. Uh, that was my first album cover. I feel like I'd probably done a single cover before. Um, and I, and I, and I, that was my first album cover, and that was the first album cover that I'd done that had been shot with intention. So when Chip came to me, I um, we already had a conversation, so I knew that we were aiming to get his album cover shot on this day. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean by it being shot with intention. It's not something that I shot during like a BTS or something. And later we looked at it and was like, this is great. Make a great something for, for a project. We went in with the notion that, cool, we're shooting your album cover today. Um, so that was great for me. That felt like a, a big step up in, in what I was doing. Um, and it was like one of the first like things that I got in physical. It was like a, a CD. Um, I was working with a great team. It's a team of great to work with. Mm. Um touring with Mabel oh yeah uh, I do I, I've, it's come to it feels like something that, that happens well me working with that team it happens quite regularly now and it's like it's a great vibe it's a great team she's got a great team behind her she's a great person herself yeah really fun to work with 
Um, and that experience of going on tour, and especially for her, watching her get bigger and bigger and doing it as well, um, I, you really feel part of something. You really feel part of a team and part of a journey. Um, I love touring as well. Like it is it, essentially, it's doing what I set out to do in the first place because I was only shooting concerts at first on a nightly basis across the UK or across Europe. It's, it's very like when I sit and think about it, it's very eye opening from me trying to make my way into a concert and not having the right credentials in terms of photo pass and things like that and to being able to do that every night for a month or for two weeks yeah and that's those are two amazing you know projects that speak volumes you know about you know you and your work and you know the career and the industries you're in um you know the touring life is is something you know my, my brother for instance he um he films mosh pits at a rolling loud and he got called into doing um film, filming mosh pits officially for a rolling loud festival and he Man. said now now he's being asked to be on tours and everything like that do you know what i mean i find it weird but <laughs> it's it's amazing to me that you know through a camera you know what i mean you guys are just becoming you're, you're attaching you're attaching yourself to the artists and becoming artists yourselves and you're we're going on tour too you know what i mean you can advertise it like that so you know it's, it's powerful to be a part of you know those major projects and and you know um uh, tours with artists um mentors and coaches um was there any mentors and coaches within photography or out of photography that helped you along the way um i think i've always been good at picking up words from people that I find uh, inspirational or, or would look up to. But um, I have to say I assisted, um, I assisted a few different people and one of them, um, Rio Romain, he was uh, very like, uh, very influential. He was another photographer that I worked with that I found very influential. And um, at the time, he did a totally different type of photography to me. Like I was more focused on concerts and doing live, and I was really diving into that, which now, you know, I've expanded into more portraits and press shots for artists and working with brands and things as well as doing live. But at the time, he um, he just shoots really beautiful editorial style photos, great images of models, really striking, knows how to control his lighting level whether he wanted it soft or harsh and um was just really great at working on campaigns and things like that and it was very foreign to me um so I used to assist him and he just used to talk to me about photography generally um and just talk to me about looking at books and uh decoding a photo so looking at a photo and he, he would point a photo to me and be like where are the lights in this picture where like where are they if you were shooting this, where would you put the lights to achieve the same thing? The details. And, yeah, and helping me break down a photo from looking at an image to breaking down how it was actually shot and created in the first place. And things like that really stuck with me and helped build me as a photographer. Um, so, yeah, I've got to give a big shout out to Rio, Rio Romain. I mean, that's amazing. And, you know, I always tell people, you know, if you can't even find, like, physical mentors, you know, there's also mm. the digital ones, you know, YouTube. I find all my mentors in YouTube um, and some of them don't even know me a lot of the time. And, you know, within books as well, just to kind of get that knowledge to kind of help you excel at your weakest points, but also, you know, strengthen your strong points as well. So, you know, it's definitely yeah. powerful to have someone else's eye or I want to call it opinion, but expertise rather um, yeah. to help you get to the next stage and the next level. Um, to be fair, being honest, I also learned a lot, a lot from friends. I had, um, even friends that were, I had friends that were interested in photography or, or media and were doing things in their own way and friends that weren't, but just had um, constructive opinions. Yeah. Um, and that helped me a lot as well, especially, you know, one of my friends, Jake, who is a gaffer. So he, he's um, at the moment moved into controlling lighting and stuff like that. And he's uh, moving towards being a DOP. So, so more film. But he always had great technical knowledge and great knowledge of cameras and lighting and things like that. And we just used to talk over stuff and he would just, I think naturally just through talking and having that conversation, he's taught me so much things over the years. And I still work with him on certain shoots and stuff as well. Like on certain campaigns, I'll come and ask him to do lighting for me and things like that. And yeah, 
we've got such a good bond just through talking. So I feel like, yeah, talking about what you want to do with the right people definitely helps. Definitely. Oh, I thousand percent, definitely. Even if they're not, you know, the, the the mentor that you might be looking for, sometimes just having that constructive opinion that you know you can trust in. It's good. No, one thousand percent. Um, you know, and then likewise, like you, like I, I have loads of discussions with people who are just not in the same industry I'm in. Do you know, what I mean, some in food, some in fitness, and you know, it definitely gives um, you know, better understanding of how you can do things by adopting things from other industries so you know that's definitely solid um success um everybody has their own version of success what success is you know i mean when did you feel or if you're not feeling or you're still pursuing when did you feel successful you know i mean your career like oh i'm actually something in here do you know i mean um i don't think it's happened yet i think it's happened in small waves i don't think I, not like I don't see myself as successful, but um, I think when you are, this is the catch-22, I always talk about this with my friends. The catch-22 of ambition is that it's always going to change. Some days that being ambitious is going to make you feel really good, really powerful. You're ready to explore new things and uh, do bigger things. And sometimes... um, ambition can even be a bit binding you know sometimes you don't always know how to you want to grow but you don't know how to grow and sometimes you might um feel a type of way about you know not knowing how to get to the next step um and get to the place where you want to be even though you know you want to be there and sometimes ambition can be quite defeating Mm. um uh, so i think it's it's something that happens to a lot of people that we will consider successful because we consider them successful. We think their achievements are great, but they've done it. Now they want to achieve something new. They want to grow. They want to find the next thing. Um, so they might not look at what they're doing as, as successful because they're looking at doing the next thing. So I feel like um, success is always going to change for me. And success is always going to be, uh, there's always going to be something new that I'm probably want to measure it at. Um, so it's hard to gauge for me. I find it very hard to gauge. Um when I felt like I became successful, if I'm honest. I am happy with my achievements. Yeah. um, But I always know that, yeah, there's going to be some new things that I want to do. No, I I 100% like... Would I call it a cosign? Yeah, a cosign that in the sense of even with me, I get told, oh, you've done so much. This is amazing. I'm like, but this ain't it. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's 100% that feeling. Yeah, and sometimes people say, oh, you know... Are you going to be ever going to be content? I said, I'll, I will be content, but it just feels like I'm here for, I'm like, it's talking in the spirituality terms. I'm here for a reason. So I feel as I need to keep stretching my potential just as mm-hmm. I personally want to see how far I can go. So I definitely, you know, resonate with that and, you know, understand, you know, that maybe you just want to kind of still inch a little bit more to see what, what's on the other side. You know what I mean? Just a little bit more in terms of for your success. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, mm. I, think, I think that is a good thing to have. As long as you harness it correctly, mm. yeah, it's a, it's a good attitude to have. Yeah, solid. Um, yeah, so the photography industry, is, especially in the UK, from what I've seen as well, there's loads of photographers, <laughs> loads. Um, you know, everybody now seeing how, yeah, I want to say pop, well, yeah, popular, how, how popular photography is and everything like that, do you know what I mean? Um, but a lot of people, you know, falling into the habits of, you know, doing the same things. Oh, we're all going to be at this show. No, we're all going to be at this show. And everybody kind of almost has the same images um, <laughs> at the same time, which is weird to me. But if you give some advice, like how would you say for photographers to stand out as a whole? Because it's if everybody's taking an image of the same shot, it's just like, okay, cool. Yeah, we'll just pick that one. Do you know what I mean? People can just pick yeah. it from the hat. Um, it's definitely... Exp- experimenting into, into how to make it personal to you, I think. Um, do you know, and I think with, with any artistic industry, it's easy to, to follow. There's trends in fashion, there's trends in music, there's trends in photography. Um, but I think you kind of do have to... I, I feel like a lot of us... I personally have experimented a lot to try and... Um, make things look different and even if it is very subtle to some people 
um, I can look at it and sometimes explain what I've done to, to get there. And I think um, trying to just experiment with different lenses or um, even angles, you know, like sometimes the pit, the pit is, yeah, a great place to be at a concert, which is, for those who don't know, just the, the front of the show. So you're between the stage and the, and the crowd. And it's a great place to take photos, but also sometimes you can get a great shot and miss out all the production because you're standing so close. So like, get a shot from the back and get the wide and mm. see what that looks like. Build up a mix of shots. Give me a vibe of the environment when you're doing a live. And same as when you're doing a, a portrait, just experiment and trying different things. And you're not always going to get it right. To this day, I don't always get it right when I'm working. I sometimes go in the studio and set up lights and absolutely hate it and have to tear it all down and build it back till it looks right to me. Um, so I think you just have to experiment, especially, you know, it goes back to me saying what I said at the start, which is like, there's no one way in. There's no right way of doing it. Yeah. Now that makes uh, perfect sense. And even to hear you say that, you know, you, you make mistakes. Some people don't really think you make mistakes, but like you just got the perfect shot. It's amazing. That's like, but you probably took about 50 shots to get that right one. Do you know what I mean? So um, I, I definitely get it. Cause even me, like I, I help my missus with um, her content for fashion people, how she dresses. And I have to take 50 shots and she's like, Nope, run it all again. You didn't take a few shots. So uh, <laughs> you get that right one where you, and then I, I love when I, captured the feeling that she she loves about 10 consistent shots yeah okay cool and then now you, you're in that vibe and then you realize how to get it every time so um yeah you know that's that's just something just i just thought of you know inherent you know your response to that question no um, definitely it, it builds a, a an understanding and then i'm sure after a while you look at it and you start to notice what it is that she lacks about exactly. these photos let you know how to implement it for next time exactly exactly um you know the creative community is a thriving one but um some say you know it's some people perceive it as an underpaying one do you know what i mean <sighs> i've had people saying you know the creative industry don't re really make any money for it and then they give us the starving artists um um name onto everybody you know what i mean how can we you know alienate that um that that's term starving artists and you know show them that you know there is something to us you know what i mean and we do get paid <laughs> oh oh that's that's difficult um i think oh it's different it's difficult so um I found that you you have to be, I sit, especially when it comes to things like pricing and stuff, mentally, I feel like I sit quite in the middle. And I, what I mean by that is um, I don't necessarily feel like a starving artist, but I don't necessarily feel like the, the most paid. And I also feel like you have to start setting your worth with certain things um, and being firm with that. Um, Oh, it's quite hard because I feel like a lot of people would just feel like they get I've had conversations with a few other photographers and they feel like they get quite undercut so yes cool you might want to boost up your price for this and you might want to be adamant with it but you know somebody else is going to come through and is happy to take uh, the lesser fee let's say mm. um, and then what does that mean for you does that mean that you, you, you're not going to get work from here and out and stuff like that but I think you have to measure um where you can get money from and where you might have to take the, the lesser fee and um, really pick if you want the, the the job as well because then it shouldn't feel like a, a chore or make you feel like you're starving in a sense. Um, because, yeah, I think you have to, you have to pick and choose and, and, and with some clients that I have, I'm, I'm more headstrong and I know that um, I'm going to get the, the things that I set, the fees that I set. Um, I know that somebody might have pitched me a really good idea and it's a passion project, but I'm really involved and I want to do it. So I will go and do it because I have chosen my, um, myself to do it and I really like this project. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like having that in mind stops me from getting that feeling. 
Um, so I can essentially work for free on something that I really enjoy doing without feeling like a starving artist. Mm. Um, because I've had the discernment and really picked out something that I know that I want to be a part of. No, that's good. And I love how this question made you really think, <laughs> do you know what I mean, about it, do you know what I mean? So um, thank you for your answer on that one. Um, building yourself, you know, actually versus you like, you're, you're, you've built yourself as a business now, do you know what I mean? Um, you know, what are the ways you invested in yourself as a business, do you know what I mean, from equipment to knowledge to everything like that? Um, definitely first off was, was equipment. Um, I think you have to, everything is, everything is time. First of all, I think everything that you're doing, you're, you're investing in yourself being better. Um, and I think sometimes a lot of people, I think a lot of people do subconsciously see it this way, but they, we don't acknowledge it that, that, uh, we're investing time into ourselves to be better, um, and to achieve more because in our heads, it leads back to the ambition. Again, we want the better jobs. You know, back to the last question, we want the higher paychecks. Um, we want the things that make us feel that we're achieving and being successful. But a lot of that comes from working on ourselves and securing, uh, how, how do I put this? Um, making sure that we're, we're deserving of these opportunities when they come and when they arise. Um, so I invest mainly into, my, into myself um through time through uh, a lot of practice just through like maybe like messing about with my friends doing a shoot or like renting a studio for a day and messing about with them in, in there and getting some things done so that allows me to experiment Ta um money would be um into getting better equipment you know um purchasing different um lenses buying a website so that i'm able to put up a portfolio online um very real very real things like spending money on a, on a website to have as, as great as instagram is and as much as it is a portfolio tool especially for me at this point um it's also good to have those tangible things like a website that to be able to put out to be able to maybe print photos and see what it looks like um i think you also have to invest time into analyzing and this is not just photography analyzing whatever you, work you do so that you can decide what you want to get better at um so you can, so for me, I, I tend to look at my photos and after a while, I might be like, I really want to work on this lighting and just see how I get it more dynamic, softer or whatever it may be. Or I really want to work on my composition and play about with quirky angles and things like that. So I have to spend time decoding my own work and looking for where I'd like to improve it. And that um, that is a big part of... Uh, on the word <laughs> that is a big part of self-improvement and investment that is a big part of investment for me because it's investing in myself getting better which will in time lead me to the better jobs and the better money and the, the things that my ambition want to take wants to take me to no that's that's powerful and you know there's a lot of growth within investing in yourself because we can't be too we can't rest on our laurels um um which is something that i like to put into myself as well um mm -hmm. every day it's an educational piece every day i have to learn something new because you have to forever evolve or especially how this industry and this world is moving it's very fast and you can literally get left behind quickly if you don't improve certain skills to move forward um 100 i feel like lockdown has definitely taught us that we've all had to a lot of us have had to try and adapt in different ways in order to survive maybe financially or even mentally um, throughout this past year um so adaptation is a big part it is it is i guess it maybe happens more frequently in in arts but i think yep. it's been a big part of everyone's lives over the past year massive massive um so even within business um mistakes happen a lot <laughs> do you know what i mean and that enables <laughs> us to kind of learn more um even deeply um you know what are the mistakes you've made um within your career you know and how did you grow from it i've made so much mistakes that i think my biggest mistake would be sometimes not asking questions mm. um because it just helps you avoid certain mistakes that have been made like i can understand that you know you i've come in me coming into photography i want to take photos i don't necessarily know how to write an uh, an, an invoice or um, 
And maybe I don't know how to put together all the elements of the treatment to pitch the ideas that are in my head and things like that. So they have to be worked on. But you can actually talk to other photographers or people when ask ask a question, um, and just just get those 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 things tweaked and, and get them done the right way the first time round. Um, and I think we have to let go of wanting to look polished when we know deep down everything is not polished like let's just ask and polish it and get it clean and get it right the first time so that we can move forward mm. um you know there's no point posing yourself to people sometimes that like, as if you know what you're doing when you're when you don't and you can just ask and get it right um because we're all at some point especially with freelancing and stepping into this field where i say you know there's no work, one way of making it we're all at some point not going to know what we're doing yeah we're at some point going to cross over into something that's brand new for us but sometimes we should just ask i feel like in the name of trying to do it on our own sometimes we suffer in silence yeah no i want i believe that's <laughs> and, and and i've i've made lord knows how many mistakes i've made um to the point where i found out because i never asked the questions or find out i never done i've done 22 art events but i've never had like public liability insurance and that, wow, yeah, that could have seriously cost me in, in times where I'd be like, "Oh, I needed insurance for that." So, and I found that out by even asking um, uh, an event manager who's done like Afrocella and stuff like that, and asked okay. them, like, "Do I need to be better at my events?" They're like, "You need public liability insurance. You need this. You need that." I'm like, "I didn't. I didn't realize I needed all these things." You know what I mean? And like, I, these mistakes could have been costly. You know what mm. I mean? You know, but lucky enough, nothing happened during that time. But if I carried on and not had this insurance, Lord knows what sort of fees I would have to be paying, you know, someone if they had an accident in, in our venue and everything like that. So, you know, asking questions is 100% essential. You know what I mean? Don't be afraid to look dumb at the same time. Oh, 100%. Ask yeah. The, the, yeah. It might sound dumb. Oh, how do you draw a line? I'm, I seriously want to draw a better line. Do you know what I mean? So let, yeah. let me get that um, knowledge so I can execute it better for the next one. So, you know, definitely, you know, asking questions is, is a mistake. You know, we, we shouldn't keep doing do you know what i mean so we gotta do it for our progression yeah definitely i think being a creative doesn't you know or being whatever you are in your field doesn't make necessarily make you a master of everything being a, for me being a great photographer um doesn't necessarily make me a great businessman nobody said that i'm, I'm gonna be a great businessman because i'm a great photographer mm. um but i maybe have to learn those elements so that i have some understanding of them um and then I can move forward from there. I think even uh, a boss of a company can't do everything within that company's role. Just how the company's meant to work mm-hmm. and knows how to put people in place to fulfill that role. They can't necessarily go and pick up your job and do it. And they're the boss. So I think that, um, and I think we need to understand that as young people. I think when we want to freelance and start these companies and do these things and we have these great, um, mostly entrepreneurial ambitions and it's great, but we don't have to be masters of everything to do it. It's great to get a base understanding, which is through asking people and also maybe delegating that to somebody who is more passionate about it and is better at it so that you can concentrate on the things that we're more passionate about and better at. No, 1000%. Um... Yeah, literally love that answer. Um, Complex, Nation of Billions, you know, both named you 30 under 30, you know, great achievement, great, well, great acknowledgement rather, do you know what I mean? Um, you know, people can recognise you for your craft, you know, what do, what do those things, you know, mean to you when you get those acknowledgements? Um, it was very much a blessing to get those nods from, from Complex and from Nation of Billions. Um, especially, I think, you know, We've, I, I was definitely one of those people at that time that uh, felt a bit more like a starving artist then. And I think that even the starving artist doesn't always come from, just from money, um, but from recognition and appreciation for the art as well. Um, so, yeah, you know, in that instance, I felt like I, I got that from, from Complex and from Nation of Billions. So I felt very appreciative to... Um, to, to do something that I was, you know, essentially doing for myself to go and take pictures at concerts and stuff like that. It was fulfilling for me, but to know that when I'm putting it out into the world and stuff that it is being appreciated and being taken in by people. Um, and I think when I think back, those 
that is one of the first instances that I really felt that like this is really going out there and being taken in by um, more than my peers. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I got a lot of love for for Complex and for Nation and for a few yeah, of the other magazines, magazines that are giving me those nods. Yeah. Um, massive shout out to them, you know, two amazing platforms, you know, for recognising, you know, people like yourself on a creative level. Um, I think it's great that they do that as a, as a culture as well. I, I yeah. just think, um, you know, being a, I was, I'm 28 now and I think that came out in maybe 2016. So I was um, 23, 24. And I feel like as a younger creative, it is hard to find um, the milestones that let you know that you're doing something right. Mm. Um, especially because now when you look at it, and it is often said, oh, everyone's doing something. And yeah, but that doesn't take away from what you're doing. Mm. Um, so sometimes I feel like because everyone's doing something and, you know, we've talked about uh, the fact that there's a lot of photographers who, who, uh, who you feel are doing the same things and things like that. Um, so I think you you need those nods those nods from people sometimes to just say like keep doing what you're doing isn't it like it is actually we are noticing we are seeing it we do rate it we just got to keep going and mold it into what you want it to be powerful man so solid um but now in the year 2021 that's, it sounds like a movie introduction what I just said <laughs> <laughs> the year is 2021 and you obviously you know we've had, exactly um we we've had like well. An eventful, I don't want to use the term crazy, but an eventful year uh, last year. And now we're here, 2021, we're looking to, you know, get back to some form of reality or even a new reality. You know what I mean? Yeah. What are your, like, you know, projects and goals for this year? Like, how do you want you know, your year to look like? You know what I mean? Um, I've, I feel that like this year has taught me to set... It sounds mad, but I feel like this the the uh, it's taught me to set simpler goals. Um, and I say <laughs> I say this because I've really adjusted to the change in speed that we've had in like throughout um the past year through lockdown and coronavirus and things like that. Um it's really changed um it really changed business for a while. Business you know, it got really slow, it picked up. It got slow again, just due to things opening and closing over lockdown. Um, but it did make me realize um, just how hard and how fast we were trying to work before. Yeah. Um, and not really, you know, there's like, there's a lot of things that make you feel like you have to be doing the most all the time. <laughs> you know, rise and grind. <laughs> You know, like <laughs> all them cliches, brother. I still see today. Uh, I was having a, a conversation with my friends from New York, and he just literally voiced on me what you just said. He's like, Everybody's saying rise and grind, but nobody grind. Like, well, well, why everybody put the pressure on everybody else? And it's just like, we, we, it's funny how the world just shut down completely. And then you realize we've got so much time now just to kind of focus properly. Do you know what I mean? Whereas before mm. it was rat race. Oh, I need to be. Every able, month, so. I need to be. It was so. It was like it was crippling our minds that we had to work at this level. Now it's everybody slowing down a little bit. It's like, you know, what I mean, you're taking time to, you know, build your craft a little bit better. Do you know what I mean? Definitely, it's given me more. More. I don't know if it's given me more time, um, but mentally, it feels like it has. So when I when um people are you know asking me now at the moment to work on pressures and stuff like that, my mind feels slower almost like not slower but more at ease mm. to kind of develop the ideas that I want to develop and think about my approach to things and um I'm enjoying that pace even though it is going back to being busy and things like that that my, my mental pace is is much nicer and my mind is not racing into okay cool so what's next what's the next yeah. thing you know we need to work <laughs> as hard as possible with that I am I am at a better pace which has allowed me to give more time to the project that I'm working on, which has allowed me to come out better rather than me. Um, I don't feel, you know, and at the time I don't feel like we felt like we were speeding through things either. Mm. Um, but 
yeah, not to be speeding through things and just to be able to work at a better pace that um, is more beneficial for my creative. Oh, powerful. Literally, listen, it's a lot of lessons that have been, you know, learned from how it was to how it is now, you know, and I think it's just going to develop better creatives, you know what I mean, in terms of what they can do for their time and how they need to take care of themselves more um, on a mental level as well. So, yes, yeah, I agree. I very much agree. Um, Samsung, you did an amazing project with them, you know, talk to us about, you know, about the KX project, you know, what's your involvement, you know, and, you know, what are you doing with them overall? Um, so Samsung um, have been um, releasing their new device, which is the S21. Um, and as a photographer, um, they've asked me to, they asked me to come down and kind of just like review and test the camera, mm-hmm. um, which has been a nice experience. Um, they've obviously been working on how to I- improve that the camera technically, uh, more different features with the portrait modes, and there's like a, a mode called single take where you can it captures everything in your in like it captures everything that you film, let's say, for 14 seconds, and and gives you the um, gives you the video and obviously different formats of like pictures and things like that 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 it captures over that time. So while you're shooting that one video, you can get like a few variations of pictures, a few video moments, and it kind of like puts together the highlights for you. Mm. Um, and there's a few different um, there's a few different features that it has in terms of like portrait mode photography and things like that that make it easier for a consumer level so that you know you don't really have to be like me and pick up a D- DSLR every time you want to take a good looking photo mm. um, so it's just uh, you kind of worked on a visual with Samsung KX in their um, concept store just to break down um, for the consumers, how they can achieve those things and achieve more professional-looking images. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's just to, just to show them how they can work, like how they can work with the new S twenty one, and not necessarily have to put in obviously the years of photography that I've done, um, but get results at home or wherever they meet people with their phones. No, exactly. Um, because you know some people are intimidated by you know photography they think they have to get the biggest camera in the world the the best one that people keep talking about if it's a lumix or a nikon or a canon and, you know, they're doing it you know from these phones that have you know almost the same technology you know even better um for instance so you know it's great to you know to hear that you're part of that project you know get to educate the people as well with your skills within you know something that they can afford you know what i mean um uh, on their phones and stuff like that Definitely. I think that the aim is to make it less overwhelming for people because I can understand, you know, we've, we've, we all use the same socials. Um, some people's content can be very different. And just to, to let people know that it is also achievable with the, the, um, the things that you can have at your disposal. So, you know, just using your window to get the light, using the S21 as the camera and using different elements in your home to kind of get that content that people are looking for nowadays. Awesome. Awesome. Powerful, man. Ashley, listen, powerful conversation and educational one as well at that. Um, appreciate you coming on the podcast, man, and, you know, sharing your story, sharing your experiences, you know, and letting us know what you're doing with Samsung. So I'm, 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 I'm proud and excited about that, man. Well, thank you very much. Man. Thank you. Adam. I very, very much appreciate you for having me. Um, it's great to be on the, on the podcast and, and talk it out. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm appreciated. I feel like it went well, so I'm happy. Solid, man. Appreciate having you on, man. Thank you. Thank you. Easy, easy.